Well, this morning, we are uh, in a special theme, and, uh, but I, I don't want to uh, go too strong where you're feeling like it's just a, a long infomercial or one of those, you know, come learn about a timeshare before you can get this uh, waffle iron, that kind of a thing. Uh, I truly do believe, and, and I remember... I remember when I first learned about Compassion International and the excitement I had uh, at the opportunity. And I, and I can say, as, as most of you who have walked with the Lord knows, over the years you can get used to things. You, you can get used to the, the sponsor letter. Like I said, you know that our, 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 uh, our sponsor daughter, Sandhya, I, I kind of got to the point where I got to wonder, you know, and, and, and I, I feel similar to my own children, you know. How long am I going to have to support this girl? Yeah. How long, how long is it, Lord, until they out of the nest, you know? I mean, it's a natural feeling, even though you love them. You wonder. And, and it's helpful for me today to be reminded of just that joy in being able to help. Uh, I, I, I remember even trying to look to see if we could go visit. They even have an opportunity where you can go visit your sponsor child. Unfortunately, at the time, an airline ticket alone to India for one person was over $6,000, and that was out of my price tag. So, so that didn't happen. Um, but, but we still got to the joy of, of seeing her grow up. Um, but I, I think that joy that you can have, that, that I have found in Compassion International, that, that Ashton and Brian have found in it, and, and, and if you're not feeling it, that's, that's okay. Because God puts a burden on all of our hearts in different ways. And, and we need to recognize that that is, that is true. But there are ways that we can all support and help and be partnering with ministries and missionaries. And, and today we're, our primary focus is on compassion. But I also want to, to look at the idea of supporting missionaries and, and, and other ministries in kind of a broad sense, although I'm going to keep coming back to compassion. But what I want to do is look at Jesus' words to his disciples out of Matthew 10, verses 40-42. And what the context of this passage is, is he has just called in the Gospel of Matthew, he has just called the twelve together. He has named them as apostles, and the word apostle means a sent one. Whereas a disciple is somebody who follows, an apostle is somebody who is sent. So you, you can almost see the picture of the disciple is following and then the, the apostles being pushed, you know, shoved out, go. I want you to go do something. And that's what Jesus does with the twelve. We are all called to be disciples. Some are called to be apostles, to be ones that go and are sent. And as he's telling them to go, he, 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 he warns them not to take any money, not to worry about making money while they're gone, not even to take an extra set of clothing, that the laborer, the worker, is worthy of his support. And in verses 40 through 42, he, he, he concludes it by talking about, and he's been talking about, you know, if some people don't receive you, this is how you react, but if they receive you, stay in their home, eat whatever's put in front of you, you know, to be completely reliant upon the people that you meet. Because ultimately, they're relying upon 
their Heavenly Father. But in verse 40, he tells them, and through 42, he says, He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. So he's talking about as they, as they go out to these different villages, he's sending them out two by two, and as they go to these, these different villages and, and, and communities, he says, whoever receives you, he who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. So he, he's saying, in essence, as you go out, if they receive you, they're not just receiving you. They're receiving me because I'm the one who sent you. And, and if they receive me, they don't just receive me, but they receive Him who sent me, the Heavenly Father. And so there, there's an element here where, where as we receive people, and this word receive means to take, to accept them, to welcome them. So as we welcome or, or accept people into our lives, especially if they're sent by God, if they're sent by Jesus, if they're coming because of their their service to Him, their faith in Him. If we receive them, then, then we're receiving Jesus. It's not just that person we receive, but, but how we, we react to them is to a certain degree our reaction to Jesus. And he says not only that, but our reaction to Jesus ultimately is a reaction to our Heavenly Father. So those who reject the message of Jesus Christ, ultimately they're rejecting God. Because there is no one else through whom we can be saved. There is no other way except through Jesus Christ. And then Jesus takes it even just a little bit further to say that, that if they reject us, well, they've rejected him, which means they've rejected God. So as, a, as, as people reject the messengers of Jesus, ultimately they are showing their attitude towards God. And as people receive the messengers of Jesus, ultimately what they're really doing, they're not so much receiving us as they're receiving our Heavenly Father. And, and, and so what we see in here, and, and this idea of receiving is hospitality, it's, it's support. It's not just that we, we allow them to, to come in, it's the idea that they, they partner with the disciples while they're in their village. They feed them, they, they, they give them a home. If, if the disciples' sandals fall apart, they'll give them new sandals. Because he said, don't take any money, don't take any change of clothes, don't take any other sandals. What Jesus is telling His disciples here is something that we see throughout Scripture. And it's that our treatment of one another is how we treat God. We cannot, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the second? To love your neighbor as yourself. Ultimately, you cannot live out the first one if you cannot live out the second one. 
If, if we are incapable of loving our neighbors, we do not have the love of our Father. And so we aren't loving Him without loving our neighbors. We can't do the first without the second. And if we're doing the second, then we are proving the first. So how we treat one another ultimately is, is how we treat God. We, we see this in another parable of Je- that, uh, in a parable that Jesus tells us about uh, the end times and that, that it will be like a king who is setting up his kingdom and he, he takes certain people and he puts them on the right just like a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. Those who have been loyal and obedient, he puts on the right. Those who have been wicked, he puts on the left. And he tells the ones on the right, you guys have done a great job. Come into the kingdom. Because I was hungry and you fed me. Because I was naked and you clothed me. Because I was in prison and you welcomed and you came and visited me. And they all say, we never saw you in prison. When did we ever see you hungry and feed you? When did we ever clothe you because you were naked? And Jesus' response in chapter 25, verse 40. The king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. To the least of them. To the extent that you did it to these others, you did it to me. And then, and then of course, the, the, the opposite is true. The people on his left, he said, depart from me. Because I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty, you did not give me a drink. I was naked, you did not clothe me. I was in prison and you didn't visit me. And they have the same answer. When did we ever see you in prison? When did we ever see you hungry? We never saw you hungry. If we'd seen you hungry, we would have surely fed you, but we never saw you hungry. And he tells them in in verse 45, he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. So our treatment And in that context, he's talking about among disciples. But it's true throughout all people. Our treatment of people is ultimately our treatment of God because all people are made in the image of God. All people bear dignity and worth for no other reason than we are made in His image. Not based on how good we are, not based on how accomplished we are, not based on how physically capable we are, But because we are made in His image, we have value and worth. And so as we treat one another, we treat God. I don't know about you, but I can think of a lot of times I did not do for the least of these. I can think of a whole lot of times when I have not done for the least of these. When the least of these have been an annoyance in my life. They're just trying to get something from me. They're just lazy. They need to. What this statement should do for us is reinforce just how strongly we need the cross of Jesus Christ in our lives. It is not, oh look, I'm so perfect. It is, oh look, I am so royally toast if God does not intervene in my life. And continue to intervene in my life. I see improvement in my life. Hopefully you see improvement in yours. But if the truth be known, each one of us probably is a little bit concerned that if Jesus isn't grading us on the curve, we're probably going to be on his left. 
But we need Him to grade on that curve. And that curve is the grace of Jesus Christ interceding upon us. His life, His death for us. That He died for our sins. And because of that, the fact that there are times when we don't care about the least of these are forgiven. This is not a works righteousness idea that you just have to do good things for the poor and you're going to get into heaven. It should show us, yes, God's care and His desire and His heart is very much for the poor, but it also should be communicating to us how far away are we from His heart? How far away are we from His his care for others? How desperately we need Jesus Christ. That's what it says to me. That we desperately need Him. Jesus, uh, Jesus says if we receive one another, we receive Him. And if we receive Him, we receive the One who sent Him. And as and we think about you know, m- missions and places that we don't see, like these kids in through Compassion International. I've never met them. I've never been to their hometowns. But we can still receive them by receiving their letters, by receiving their their need of a sponsor. Jesus continues here in verse 41. He says, in talking about receiving people, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now, what he's talking about there, if you receive a prophet, one who is here to proclaim the word of God, the the prophet, if you receive him, and he's talking about this to his disciples, who he's made apostles, who he's sent out. So in these villages, as they would go to preach and proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand, those that are receiving them are receiving them as prophets. Those who have come to proclaim that God's kingdom is here. And if they receive them as prophets, they receive a prophet's reward. Even though they themselves aren't prophets. He says if they receive you as a prophet, they're going to receive the prophet's reward. And and similarly, anyone who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man and and, in the the work and in the the fame, the, the... the purposes and, and, and all that a name represents of a righteous man, they'll receive a righteous man's reward. They don't have to be righteous in themselves. They might not qualify as being a righteous man, but they can be received and then get that reward. Now the word receive, remember that means to welcome to, to, to be hospitable to a certain sense, to accept. It has the idea of supporting. And, and in this context, that's what Jesus was talking about, that they would go to these different towns, they would stay at a person's house, and that person would support them while they were there. And he says, if they receive you, if they support you in this way, they'll receive the reward that is in keeping with what you're there to do. And who you are. And, and so as we, as we think about you know, missions, not everybody is a missionary and goes to a foreign land or a foreign city or a foreign state. 
You know, we, we have missionaries that go to other crazy places like Washington State and Vancouver, Canada, and things like that. We, we send them out to places where there are not as many churches. There are missionaries in the state of Texas that are sent here. One of the things that we are actually seeing and we will continue to see, and it'll be interesting to see in the next 50 years how much it grows, there are missionaries from other countries coming to America. Some of you never thought you'd see that day. Just as we send missionaries to Europe, we send missionaries to Africa and to South America, they're sending them back now. Because they see our need to know Jesus as a country. When you, we can't all send people out. But here's the great thing. That we can uh, support those who go out. We can support those who are serving elsewhere. And what Paul is saying here is that when you support them in their work, not you are elevated to their level, in essence. You know, we kind of have a way of holding missionaries to a, a certain podium, right? Wow, they must be super godly because they're willing to give it all up to go to another country. They must know God better than I do. I don't feel called to go to a mission field. Maybe there's something wrong about me and my faith that I'm happy working my job, raising my family, and I haven't given it all away so that I can go to darkest Peru or outer Mongolia. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And that's not the case. There are certain people that he calls to do certain tasks. Some people are called to be a witness right where they are. In your job. In your family. In your community. But those people that do are sent out, we, we like to elevate our, 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 my, our idea of them, put them on a podium. But what Jesus says is that when we share in their work, we share in their reward. That we share in the work and reward of those we support. So if you have a missionary and you're supporting them and you think, wow, they've really given it up for the Lord. They've given it all up for the Lord. They're over there supporting and sharing the gospel. Well, Jesus says if you're supporting them, you're part of their work. And I don't know if a single missionary that doesn't have an attitude of, you are an important part of my work. My work would not happen without you. You're part of our ministry. You're part of our mission. Your prayers, your support financially, your encouragement. We don't have to be there for them to feel that support. We are a part of their work. And when we're a part of their work, we're also a part of their reward. So if you can imagine a day in the future when we're going to be before the Lord and He's going to be handing out prizes for people who did great things. Do not make this your theology about heaven. I'm just speaking figuratively for how we do things here on earth. But if that missionary is getting a special little badge because they went to a certain country, guess what? You're going to be getting the same little special badge for supporting them. Because you, you share in their work. 
And so as we, as we support people who go to other countries, and as we support these children, one of the things I love about Compassion International is I'm not supporting an American to go to another country. I'm supporting the people that are already there. The, the thing that is being sent is my finances. It's going. Now we have the Compassion International has people that are serving out there. But the primary focus is it's supporting a local church. It's supporting a local child and a family. But because we support that, we're part of that work. We're part of their growing up, even though we're not there. We're part of their life. And so to a certain extent, you could say, whatever they grow up to do, you're part of that reward. That's a pretty good return on investment, if you ask me. That's a wonderful ROI. That for $38 a month, you might be part of, in 20 years, there being a new doctor in a community that never had a doctor. And you start thinking about how many lives might live further because that child got an education. It may just be that they become a, a, a businessman or a woman. And they figure out a way to have a business in that area that maybe employs just a few extra people. That's a few extra lives that you got to influence for just a little bit of money each month. And you get to be a part of that reward just as much as you are a part of the work when we support the missionaries. So we might feel... Somewhat, oh, you know, we're not, you know, if you ever get the letters from the Hales and, and you think, wow, they're, they're living a, a, an exciting life on these roads and meeting all these people in these villages and they're doing a tremendous work. But you're a part of that work. And don't forget it. And the things that they've done, the villages that they've reached, you've reached because of your support of them. But here's the great thing. That, that verse 41, where he talks about receiving a prophet and then getting a prophet's reward, receiving a righteous man, getting a righteous man's reward, those, are, those rewards are equal to the task, you might say. But in verse 42, Jesus takes it to another place. He says, Whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, the bare minimum of a compassionate act that one of these, in the name of being a disciple, would give to even just a little one, even just a, a cup of cold water to drink. What does he say? Truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. He doesn't say, oh yeah, you're going to get the reward of a little kid. He doesn't say, oh, you'll get the reward of a cold cup of water. It's not equal. It's greater. He says, look, if, if you just even do just this little bit of compassionate act, you surely won't lose your reward. Because now he's getting to an issue that is near and dear to his heart. The care for those who cannot care for themselves. The love of the, for those who are, who are defenseless, who are in need, who can't provide for themselves. And he says, if you were just to give them one cup of cold water, even just that little bit, 
because you're following me, because you're a disciple. In the name of being a disciple. It, it, it is not wrong and it is not legalism for us to make actions and to do things because we recognize in Jesus those same things. That's, that's called growth. That's called recognizing and thinking through and processing, wow, if I really am a, a follower of Jesus Christ, if I am going to be who I claim to be, this is something I should be doing. A lot different than I need to do this so that I get into heaven. It's a recognition of this is the family I'm a part of. I'm sure we all have the idea of in this family, this is the way certain things are done, right? We have family traditions. We all have a certain aspect where we say this family behaves this way. There are some families that they pass down a tradition of watching football on Saturdays. They don't care about football on Sundays, Saturday. There are other families that Sunday. And if it happens that Jesus Christ is being preached at noon, but the Cowboys kickoff is at noon, Jesus Christ can wait for a week. The Cowboys are only playing so many days a year. Although I understand that the rules are being changed. They're going to get one more game in. But anyway, they don't usually get extra games in. Sorry. That's a, that's a dig against the playoffs. That's all right. Anyway, we all have these things that we're taught growing up, that this is the way this family operates. My dad said it very clearly to me. He said, Cecil's do certain things. This is what it means to be a Cecil. We do these things. There are certain things that the family of God does. There are certain things that it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's getting at. That if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the biggies is having compassion on others. And he says, if you just do this small little thing of offering a cup of cold water to a child, a little one, in the name of a disciple, you will not lose your reward. That, that, that there is blessing in that because he loves it so much. Not a way to get a blessing. Not a way to earn a blessing. No, just a way to experience the blessing that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus values compassionate acts from his disciples. That's what he desires. More than than receiving a righteous man, more than receiving a prophet in the name of a prophet, oh, he so much greater, so much greater, that we receive and bless a little one. you got to remember, in Jesus' time, children were not esteemed. They were not elevated to, to high uh, praise. They were ignored. They were shunted aside. We, we kind of still do this, don't we? I mean, you know, hey, stop talking. The grown-ups are talking. Don't interrupt. The grown-ups are talking. But he said, no, if you'll love the little ones, if you will show compassion to the little ones, just like Jesus did when his disciples said, get those children away. He said, don't you do that. You let them come to me. If we would just give even just a cup of cold water to the little ones, that makes him so happy. How much more so do you think it would make him happy to see us give a little bit more than a cup of cold water? To a child who can do nothing for you. They will not benefit you in this world at all. They will not, there will not be, you know, I do this now, I, I, 
I'm the little mouse and I, I take the thorn out and then later on the lion's going to help me? No, none of that. But it sure makes our Heavenly Father happy. It sure makes our Savior happy. If that cup of cold water would make Him so happy, how much more so do you think taking a little bit of our, our money a little bit of our time for a few years to raise a child out of poverty. Don't you think Jesus would value that compassionate act in a great way? I think he would. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we pray, Lord, that, that you would give us your eyes and your heart and your mind to see missions in the world today. A lot of times we treat short-term missions as kind of a, a vacation time. We'll go and we'll do a little bit of work and we'll get to see a country that we normally wouldn't see or we'll get to see a state or a city that we wouldn't normally see. And We kind of think about what we're going to get from it and we forget that it's about being sent by you to do your work in that place. We can think that, that if we are the ones that stay home, that we have nothing to do with it, that, that our part is so small. Father, we pray that you would give us your eyes and your heart and your mind to see and to recognize that when we support missions and missionaries, that we are a part of their work. That the things that they are able to do, we are doing with them and through them. Father, we pray as we consider the, the children in our own country, in our own world, our own environment, our community, and also those around the world. Father, help us to have compassion on them. They have been born into a situation that they have not created. Help us to have compassion, Father, and to do what we can to help to give them a cup of cold water, to give, them a, a, to give them a better life, the hope. Father, we pray that we would give them the hope of Jesus Christ that we have. And as we think about the compassion that you have for little ones, Lord, we recognize that some little ones grow up. They grow up in the, the, the ways that they were raised. Help us to have compassion for them if now as adults they still are walking in ignorance. Help us to have compassion for them if they don't receive us just yet. Help us to recognize, Lord, their need for Jesus Christ. Help us to have compassion on them, Lord, as you have had on us to send us your Son to save us and to save them. We ask and pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.